1: a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are two games in now to the preseason for the Browns. Still feels like, well, it is just about a month away from game number one when the Browns host the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's always game day in Cleveland. We love having you on board. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Daryl, let's uh, jump right into it from Friday night's game, uh, a lot of rain to get us going there. They were just about to play, and then they said, oh, lightning in the area. And I think anyone that has ever covered any game in Ohio understands in the fall that you're probably going to get a lightning or a rain delay at some point uh, when it comes to high school or maybe even college sometimes. But uh, the Browns fell victim to that on Friday night, and it delayed the start. But the offense and the first-team offense went out there, and they had the first drive. They stalled at the end, but they moved the ball down the field pretty well until they got there.
0: Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is that they moved the ball uh, down the field with ease. Deshaun was really efficient, ran a couple times uh, as well, protected himself uh, because I I got a little nervous every time I saw him run uh, in the preseason. I'm like, well, get get down, get down, get down. Uh, He got $46 million on the line here. (laughs) The fate of Kevin Stefanski is riding on this particular run. So get your butt on the ground. But, um, yeah, I mean, you saw what you needed to see from that first unit offensively. Uh, I thought the first unit defense was was pretty good uh, as well. So you got out of the Washington game what you wanted. The final score is inconsequential. I know they lost 17-15. Doesn't matter. Um, oh, that's
1: it. We're done. We're not going to win the preseason championship.
0: Yeah. No, Damn. that that goes to the Baltimore Ravens who haven't, if I remember, I, since 2015, they it's like 24 straight preseason games that they've won. Wow. So they are the ultimate. Congratulations. Yes, they're the ultimate champions of uh, the preseason. But, yeah, I, I just I feel like, Andy, you got out of that. And I don't know how you feel about it. But I think that you, Kevin Stefanski got everything he wanted out of that game. First team offense moved down the field effortlessly. Deshaun Watson operated the offense uh, efficiently, right? First team defense uh, got after the quarterback. Heck, they generated a safety uh, with you know with the pressure up front. Zedaria Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson. So you got out of it what you wanted to, uh, with the exception of uh, one particular situation, which I know we're going to dive into here. But yeah, I-, I felt pretty good coming out of that uh, uh, particular preseason game. Uh, with the limited work that the offense got. Now we'll see – and the defense, I should – the first-teamers, rather. uh, And we'll we'll see if we get to see the first-teamers again before September 10 against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at
1: home. So, Darrell, there was only one thing – or two things that surprised me on the first drive was, I don't know if it was a run-pass option or what, but it looked like it was a designed run for Deshaun Watson. And, man, I was like, whoa, what are we doing now? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean – I, I, I couldn't tell in
1: the red zone too. And I was like, ah, this is a preseason game. What do we do? Yeah.
0: I know. I I couldn't tell. So I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speculate. It looked like they were RPOs. Um, you know, Deshaun, you know, I think it was like three rushes for 20 yards, something like that. Um, he only threw it three times too. Right. Uh, You know, uh, not a lot of yardage on the throws. But the bottom line is the offense got the you know got themselves down to the one yard line. Um, I don't think that John Kelly and Dimitri Felton are getting carries at the one yard line in the regular season. I know that there's no. some, some folks that were disappointed. Hey, you know, they couldn't punch it in. They entered it off twice from the one, third and one, fourth and one. They couldn't get it in. Those guys aren't going to be in that situation in, in the in the regular season. But um, that helps inform Andrew Berry, the front office and and and, and uh, the staff the personnel department when it comes to that running back three competition, because those are two guys that are vying for that final running back spot on the roster that they've got to kind of figure out here over the next, you know, next month plus leading up to week one. So I think that that's an important piece of information that neither one of those guys could punch that in from the one yard line on third and fourth down.
1: So my, then the next question is going to bleed over into what's going to be a big topic on Monday. Um, or today, if you're listening to this, is the whole Cade York situation. And I, I I think, you know, as they got to fourth down, I was like, just kick the ball. They're in a great spot. Uh, let Cade York just put this through the upright so we can get past what happened the week before, and it'll just kind of simmer the whole storm on your kicking situation. So, I mean, I understand that during the season you're gonna wanna you're gonna want to try to get seven there. You always want to try to get seven, but in this situation, knowing the psyche of your kicker right now, which I think is just all about kid gloves right now. They got to put him in a position where he can succeed. And I thought that would have been a position for him to succeed on a short field goal, which he really hasn't had the chance to do yet. So why not let him throw it up through the uprights there and then take the 3 nothing lead, set the tone with points early on. So what if you go down 7 nothing? Who cares? It's a preseason. I mean, what if you go down 7-3 and they come back down the field and score on your defense? So I just thought that was a situation from a managing standpoint that they could have put Cade York out there in a, you know, a very uh, high percentage situation to get his confidence up. I understand why they didn't do it, but by the same token, I think it might've been more beneficial because now we're all sitting around going out. Should they get another kicker?
0: Well, first of all, Kevin Stefanski isn't going to isn't going to kick a short field goal in the regular season. So he certainly isn't going to do it in the preseason. Um, that's, that's you know one part of this whole thing, right? Um, I understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with your premise, Andy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like that he's just he's not
1: going to do it. So, I uh, mean, I get it, and I totally understand where Kevin's coming from, and I can't say that if yeah, you know, I, if I was in Kevin's situation, I would do the same thing. I mean, they move the ball down the field really well, and why not? You know, your your offense is going; they're going like a freight train. See if they can't punch it in and get seven. But by the same token, I, I wish they would have had another opportunity for Cade on a shorter field goal right. so that when he misses these field goals, the whole town is going, oh, I need a new kicker. We need, Can anybody kick? Why can't we find a kicker?
0: Yeah. And quite frankly, I think that they absolutely have to bring in a kicker now. I just I don't know how you can keep going here um, and not and and just stay the course and act like everything's fine because quite frankly, everything is not fine. Um Yes, they put him in pressure situations during practice. He's been successful. But he's missed both, missed both preseason kicks. So I, I, I don't know how that's going to get better. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't. So I, I feel like they need to bring in some, I feel like they need to bring in some competition for him.
1: Well, I mean, it, to me, it's a slam dunk. If he wants to come here, why wouldn't you bring in Robbie Gould? Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you're you're not going to get me arguing against anything having to do with a kicker,
1: um, because if he wants to come here, because I was I was hearing today they were just saying that he wants to make sure he's going to a team that's going to the playoffs.
0: They, well, they they just well, I mean, the Browns are supposed to be going to the playoffs, so I don't know why they. I
1: agree with that. So,
0: um, but again. I just – I feel like if – I just – I don't think Cade York's it. I just don't. Um, And this season is too important to put this in his his hands. It really is. If you can't make kicks in the preseason, you are not going to make them in the regular season. I'm sorry. It's just the way I feel. Uh, There's like – there is zero pressure in the preseason. Other than your job, it doesn't matter if you make them, right? Score doesn't right. Score doesn't matter. So if you can't make them in the preseason, and here's the other thing, Andy, his extra points haven't been all that in a bag of chips either. Like no. he's shaving them through the right upright. So if where, he's got the yips to the right right now. And I just feel like handing him the kicking job because he was drafted in the fourth round last year is bad roster management. Bring somebody in to push him and to compete with him. You have 90 guys on the roster. You mean to tell me you can't use one of those for – you have two punters for crying out loud. You mean to tell me you can't bring in a second kicker? Get out of here.
1: There's no argument on this. We'll see what happens as this week progresses. It's always game day in Cleveland. We
0: can't fight over this right now. We can't fight over I'm not
1: fighting over a kicker. I just – I got to be honest. At this point, I don't have the effort or energy – to get all mad about a kicker right now. Just find me a guy that can put it through the uprights. I don't care what his name is, and I don't care if he was drafted or not. That's the end you, of it. I just you,
0: you will when he starts missing kicks in the regular season. Oh, lost. well, yeah,
1: that's why. But it's preseason right now, so find me a guy when they play Cincinnati week one, September 10th, yeah. They can put it through the uprights, and I'm done. That's it. I, I don't want to waste my time on a kicker because, I, I mean, I do know that he makes a difference in the game, but – there are 22 other guys that are on the field right. during the regular offense and defense that can make a much bigger difference. But, I mean, if we lose a game because of the kicker, it's going to cost Kevin his job. We lose yeah. a couple games, and I'm, he knows no. it. So he's going to have to figure this thing out. All right, it's always game day in Cleveland. Let's uh, look more back. Or more back. We're going to reflect more on preseason game number two. We'll look ahead to the week in Philadelphia and what that means as far as the next preseason game. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder, and I'm Andy Baskin. All right, we continue on reflecting back on what we saw in preseason game number one. Other than a lot of rain and uh, no electricity in the Cardiac Club, where they where we do the preseason, uh, where we do the pregame show, which made things very interesting for uh, Meredith Kane, who is not only our outstanding producer on this show, but she's our outstanding producer of that show. I literally we were in the dark for most of the pregame show, but we got it done and. We got people ready to, to listen to the game. What other takeaways do you have from preseason game number two, Daryl?
0: Uh, <laughs> not many. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. Uh, and, uh,
1: well, how about Anthony Schwartz? Uh, yeah, I mean. He's just not helping himself. And they're giving him opportunities.
0: Yeah, they, they really are. Um, you know, three targets, no catches. Not going to make the team. Dewan Jones, man. I'll tell you what. That dude's playing is you know what off right now. Yep, he's. He, I got to look. I during rookie minicamp, I was like, yeah, this this NFL thing ain't for this dude. Like he 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 ain't gonna make it. And he he's. I think he's gonna make it, Andy. I really do. I you I think do. He's gonna make it. Uh, so feel real good about that. Uh, we talked a little bit about first team defense. Like, well, right you didn't think
1: Ricky that jeopardy. he was ever in jeopardy. I mean, he's a this year draft. Oh, no,
0: no, no, no. no. I, I was just thinking that like it just just the NFL is not for him. Like he's he's not gonna make it at this level because, like, dude, he couldn't do a rep in rookie minicamp without, like, needing to keel over and pass out. Like, it, it was really bad. It was not good. So the fact that he was able to come back and he's been this strong in the preseason, I got, I got to give the dude his props. And I think he might, I think Andrew Barry might have found a player there in the fourth round of the draft. Um, so kudos to him. Um, this Watkins kid. They, they, they might have something here.
1: It does it, seem that way. After two games, it does seem that way, doesn't it?
0: There, there might be a little something-something with that kid. I, I'll tell you what. I'll I, uh, See, I, I don't know if he can make it as the sixth wide receiver on the roster, but he's definitely on the practice squad. Absolutely. Ronnie Hickman, by the way, that dude, definitely going to make the practice squad. I, I don't know if they got room for him on the 53, but he's going to make the practice squad. Uh, DTR making a case to be on the 53 as the emergency quarterback. Remember that rule emergency oh, quarterback for sure. has to be on the active 53. So that dude is making a case to not be put on waivers. Cause I mean, I don't know that he survives waivers. They may have, oh, to- I don't, I don't know that it does either. They may have to keep him. So I would probably say, as I took a moment to reflect there and laugh at your question about what other takeaways I had from a meaningless football game, I would He's say, got no plenty. League. Those are some of my takeaways.
1: Boy, DTR looks like he's in a great position to be the backup quarterback in two years, doesn't he? Well, next, I mean, year. I, next year. Yeah, not, not this season, but next season. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, it's just... And as, especially because he possesses so many of the same qualities as Deshaun. I, I just think the the transfer of power, if you ever have to do it, isn't going to be as great as you might right. uh, if you went from like Jacoby Brissett to... Deshaun Watson like the transfer power there was not in sync based on the offensive line I did like the way the offensive line looked on the first drive as well they they definitely looked like they had been they've had some work with Deshaun way more than we saw last year where it just kind of seemed like they all got thrown in the fire
0: right yeah and and that's you know not not going to happen this year they're you know you know whatever they need to um do to kind of like bring those guys along it, it looks like that's you know what's what's going to happen with these young guys in this draft and develop philosophy that Andrew Berry has um but there are going to be some tough roster decisions to be made because they, they got to win football games this year and I don't know if you can just hold ceremonial roster spots for your draft picks like
1: if you're I think draft- it's over I, I think that's completely over and I yeah. think Andrew Barry knows that I think Andrew's moved on from the thought of I've got to keep my draft picks. And maybe it was just quirky going out of last year that there was, what, one guy that he had lost as a a draft pick. But I think those days are over. I don't think that having a number after your name rather than F.A. or, you know, or college free agent or any other, I don't think that matters or undrafted doesn't matter anymore. He's got to put the best players on the field.
0: Yeah, again, this is a put up or shut up year. Kevin Stefanski's job is on the line this year. So, yeah, um, there's going to be some interesting conversations to be had about the progress made uh, from his 2020 and 2021 draft classes, 100%. I'll
1: tell you, the other thing that's weird is with Jacob Phillips out, you know, you start looking at the two deep on linebackers, and, you know, like Jordan Kunancic went from, like, I think I was looking a week ago, he was fifth string. Now he's looking like he's a backup to Anthony yeah. Walker. So, um, you know, losing – uh you know, losing him and losing a player for the entire season—it's uh, it, just the the preseason gets long, and it just keeps getting longer by the minute with these injuries.
0: Yeah, and they um, you know, they had to uh, they had to add uh, a couple of guys, uh, Nate uh, Meters and uh, Jordan Wilkins. One's a safety, Meters, and and Wilkins is a is a running back. Uh, they did that on Sunday. Jacobs, unfortunately, second straight year injured reserve with a torn pec. This is the final year of his rookie contract. So, I mean, I don't know. I I, I doubt that he's back next year. Um, and then, you know, Bubba Bolden, uh, suffered who suffered a hamstring injury Friday night, uh, he was waived on Sunday with an injury designation. So, there's, there's some little roster tweakage going on. Uh, Jerome Ford, my understanding is Jerome Ford is the number two running back. Uh, I have been told that the hamstring injury does not change their calculus as far as the top two running back depth at that position, but they do got to figure out that third spot. They got to figure out who their number three running back is going to be. Uh, and if anything, the Ford injury, Andy affords those opportunities to give Demetric Felton and John Kelly, those up, op- th- those chances, right? Right. Uh, they didn't come. They didn't really come through Friday night, uh, especially inside the one. Now let's see, I'm looking at the numbers here real quick. Felton, eight carries 31 yards. That's a 3.9 average. Uh, Kelly, six carries for six yards. That's a 1.0 average. Th- those are not good numbers. If you're auditioning for a running back spot, those are not good numbers to have in the preseason. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold that either one of those guys is going to be good enough to be the third running back on this team. And maybe that's why they brought in another running back on Sunday.
1: The other injury front situation, which I thought was, uh, which just kind of sucks because he looked so good on the first ride. Uh, on the first drive was Elijah Moore. And I love the plays. I mean, I was like, as he was running those, I was like, uh-oh, they're giving away Anthony Schwartz's plays, right? They're right. You know, when you give a, a wide receiver the ball and tell him to run. Um, but he's dealing with some rib issues right now. So what I think you probably just shut him. With a rib injury, you probably just shut him down till the Bengals game and go after that, right? I mean, that's what it kind of feels like. As long as they're not busted up too bad, there's not really much you can do for ribs.
0: No, and the x-rays were negative, so that's the good news. Right. Had they – like, I got real nervous when I saw him walk in the locker room because, like, I, I think if he, if he misses Andy, they're, they're up a creek without a paddle. I had, I had to come up with the PG version of that because I had, like, sure. hey, things going through my head. They are up a creek without a paddle if Elijah Moore is not available to them. He is that important to this offense this year. He is mm. that integral. To what Kevin Stefanski wants to do, his versatility, um, and 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 whatnot. So uh that might have been like the best news ever that the the x-rays came back negative. And him, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, put the Denzel Ward, put those dudes in bubble wrap. We don't need to see him uh until the regular season. Uh, You know, I do think you got to put Deshaun out there one more time. Give him a little more burn when When? I think Kansas City, because you can't. First of all, he's not playing this week against the Eagles. So I think you have to play him against Kansas City. I just don't think you can have him go a month without live action.
1: Why? Why can't you play him against the Eagles? They're not. It's
0: not about can't. They're not. So I'm not even going to. They've already
1: said that they're not playing this week. Yeah, all right, I
0: missed that part. It's, OK, so Monday and Tuesday's practices are controlled practices. Uh, by the way, shout out to the num nut radio guy in Philadelphia that wanted to criticize the 5 p.m. practices like it was the Browns fault that they're practicing at 5 p.m. No, that was the Eagles decision. They're the wait. Ones- what's
1: that all about?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I responded to the dude on Twitter today because I just thought it was comical. I had an opportunity to dunk on him. So I dunked on him. Um, Anybody say anything to you? No. Um, and I, I wouldn't care if they did. Um, because w- everything I said was factually based. In fact, I put the quote from head coach Kevin Stefanski in the, in the, in the reply to him, uh, where Kevin's just like, look, uh, we're, we're the visitors. We're doing what they ask us to do. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. going into their home. They, they're, they're running the show. We're just showing up to help them work, uh, much like they did last year uh, in coming to Berea in those two days in which the Eagles just kicked the crap out of the Browns for two days. So hopefully the Browns will get the crap kicked out of them for two days in Philadelphia. But uh, Kevin Stefanski's made it clear that the controlled environments Monday and Tuesday are going to be the work for the first and second team, which means the third team and the fourth team and the cleanup guys, uh, they will get their work Thursday night. It's going to be basically the hall of fame game 2.0. All
1: right. It's always game day in Cleveland. Um, If that's what we're going to see, well, we're going to talk more about it. So it's the Browns and Eagles all week in Philadelphia with a game on Thursday night. We'll talk about that next. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder, and I'm Andy Baskin. All right, so Daryl, what are just your thoughts? I mean, th- this team has already been to Greenbrier where they face themselves. Now they go into this joint practice situation in Philadelphia this week before preseason game number three for the Browns, preseason game number two for the Eagles. And, you know, what are the benefits? What are the pros? What are the cons about these joint practices? Because when I was a kid, man, when the Browns would play the Bills, there was always a fight. Always a fight. That was why you always wanted to see highlights um, during the local news back then when when local news actually mattered, that you would want to see the fights there. And now you see everything on Instagram or Twitter. So, um, you know, because you sit around, oh, hey, uh uh-oh, did they have a fight? Uh Uh-oh, let's go see what happened. So, but now I I don't know. I mean, the the coaches, although we we saw what happened in Indianapolis, right, with this team a few years back. So uh, your thoughts on these joint practices?
0: Yeah, I'll be watching them on Twitter. Um, and we'll, we'll see if there's any extracurriculars I'm trying to remember last year. I don't think there was a lot of fighting with the Eagles last year. Remember these two organizations have some good, you know, history, uh, right. or, uh there's good relationship between the front office and the coaching staffs and stuff like that. So I don't, I, I, I think that they'll be able to comport themselves professionally and you, you referenced, you know, like remember the bills, joint practices. Oh, they, when I was
1: a kid, it was awesome yeah
0: well, no, I'm just saying like I, I covered the bills, joint practices, I covered, uh, you know, I remember the Colts joint practices like and yeah, there there was I wouldn't exactly say adults were running the organization during those times, whereas I think now there are adults running the organization, so um, and we saw how Kevin handled in Greenbrier, right, how he handled the the two dust ups that had happened uh, late in practice, and we have not had an incident since then, so i'm not I'm not really worried that there's going to be any type of fighting or anything like that. Um, like I said, things I'll be watching for on social media when I'm, you know, pulling down the, the videos and stuff like that uh, that the folks that are in Philadelphia uh, watching it post is I'm, I'm going to be watching for the physicality, you know, are, are the Browns matching the physicality of the Eagles? Cause last year, Philadelphia just came in and kicked the crap out of the Browns for two days.
1: Um, and, and, and it was yeah, interesting was to listen to Jim, like, that Jim that was- Donovan talked about that on the pregame show saying how it looked like Philadelphia was just like, we saw who looked ready when the season started and it was evident from the way you saw it in the practices. And then that translated into the season. You think we learned anything from that?
0: Uh, You'd hope so. I hope so too. I mean, I can't say they learned anything from anything because I don't know. We'll have to see. Right. (laughs) True. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to be like, Oh yeah. They, they learned a lot from that experience and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. We'll find out when the regular season comes. If the if the Browns are good this year, then the answer to the question is yes, they learned the lesson, right? Uh, if the Browns don't live up to expectations and don't play well, then we're going to say, well, no, they didn't learn the lesson, right? They weren't ready for the season, they, you know, so. Um,
1: they do. I think they're ready, though. I think that they – even though practice doesn't feel like it's 100% violent, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, or – It's a, not a, physical the, enough. Yeah, the maximum physical potential that they could put into practice, I'm okay with that. I just I feel like this team's in a better position than they were a year ago, and that's even in a situation where it's longer. The injuries are what are starting to scare me a little yeah. bit because that depth that felt really, really big uh, doesn't feel as big right now,
0: yeah, I guess I mean, I'm trying to watch what I say because I don't want to put any bad karma out in the air. Well,
1: it's not bad karma. I mean, I'm just talking about guys it, that are actually injured,
0: yeah, they. They haven't had anything crippling yet.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: Knock on wood. I'm banging on wood right now. It's,
1: Daryl, it's football. It's not like you're – I mean, you're, it's the I'm same as saying no hitter in baseball during the middle of a baseball game. It's I the know. Same I'm, su-
0: I'm superstitious, though, and I don't like – Okay. That, but I'm – they, 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 they are able to withstand everything that has happened to date. How about that?
1: Okay. That's Is that fair? fair? Yeah, that's fair.
0: Like to see Greg Newsom get that hamstring or whatever he's dealing with. Like to see him, you know, get better and get back out there. It's been a couple of weeks, it feels like, uh, since he's practiced. Like to see that get better, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think right now they're in good shape. But I'm to a point now, like I'm already sick of training camp. I'm I'm already sick of the preseason. I knew this was going to be miserable going into it. Seven weeks to play a game,
1: horrible. The fact that it's miserable though, Daryl, is a good thing because it means no, it's not. No, I'm telling you, I think it's a good thing because in the past we were so bad. We were hanging on every play in the preseason because we wanted to have a little bit of hope going into the regular season. Now, I think we're bored with the preseason. We just want to watch our good players get out there, our starters, get some reps, get moving, get playing, and then get me to the regular season. So I, I just think the bar has changed for fans. It's changed for the media. It's definitely changed for the organization.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be the preseason champions this year, which is fine. Um, they're spacing this thing out. But yeah, I, I'm just, I hate training camp. I hate the preseason. It's just, it's so long. It's practice football. It means nothing. It really does. It Because here's the thing. Like we can sit there and criticize stuff that we see in games and in and, and practices and stuff. The reality, we have no idea what they're working on. Like. A lot of that stuff could be designed work, right? right? So it makes no sense to invest all this time and energy ripping into things we see when odds are they are working on stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's 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 why I just, um I don't want to say nonchalant uh, about it, but I am not as caught up in it as I used to be, if that makes sense. No, and it totally it's just, makes sense. That's just by experience. This is my 16th training camp that I've covered full time. And yeah, I just, I'm not hyped by training camp anymore. I'm not hyped by the preseason anymore. Yes. I got really excited. What I saw from Derek Carr and my new Orleans saints on Sunday, loved it. But then I'm like, not, nah, but you can't get hyped about it. Got to. No, you can't. It's, it's preseason. You got to calm down. So, um, but, yeah, I, I just I, – I can't bring myself to get overly excited about the, the, the preseason or camp or be – not, not just excited, but be, like, overly critical about stuff, right? Um, yeah, like, Anthony Schwartz can be a little critical there because, like, this is year three. This is, like, what, year three or four for him? Like, you're just waiting for something to happen. Year like
1: 4,000 is what it feels like.
0: Yeah. Um, and it just – it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for him here. So, uh, he entered camp on the bubble. He's still on the bubble. I think the bubble's going to burst for him come the end of the month. Um, and you know, we'll have some interesting conversations about who that fifth and sixth wide receiver ultimately is, you know, going to end up being. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with things right now.
1: All right. So, let me ask you this if you're sitting in Andrew Barry's office and you're like, All right, I got to build some depth here, what, what are you going like? What's your priority list right now? Is it backup running back, which doesn't sound like it is after talking to you before? Well, is that, it wide receiver? Is it linebacker
0: it on Sunday? So, say that uh, again. They brought in a kid on Sunday, and you know they brought in Shelby Harris uh, at defensive tackle. So, like, I don't know. I feel like the 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 top
1: thirty-seven.
0: Yeah, I'd probably say like the top thirty-seven. They're okay. They're good. Good shape. It's thirty-eight to fifty-three that I have a lot of questions about.
1: It's okay. I mean, it's an upgrade. If you ask me, think about. I mean, it's better than having to worry about starters. Right. So, I, I mean, I feel good about all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're, right.
0: they're set starting lineup on both sides of the football, and that was going in to training camp, right? Right. So, you know, the, the fact that they were able to get Shelby Harris for about one year and around $5 million, that's a great job by Andrew Barry. That, that's some value there. And this is a guy that's going to be able to come in and really, uh, I think, provide some additional punch. It gives you depth because now Jordan Elliott, who I don't know how effective he was last year, He now gets pushed into a reserve role. And then when I look at some of these other reserve defensive tackles where you have, like, Maurice Hurst and Siaki and and Togiai and, you know, people like that where you're just like, I don't know what's there, right? So, um, but, yeah, I kind of feel like the starters and the primary backups, they're in good shape. But if the primary backups have to become starters, I'm going to start to get nervous. I think that's a good way to put it.
1: I am buying what you're selling. And I'll do that again on the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland as the team travels off to Philadelphia. They left on Sunday, and we'll start talking about practices from Philadelphia throughout the week. He's Darrell Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our fabulous producer, Meredith Gain. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.